There's a reason that most writers don't write publicly, and it's because the writing process is messy. It's difficult. There's a lot of things that we want to do, a lot of things that we're working on, and sometimes there's a lot of projects that we're working on at the same time. It causes us to have to make promises and to say things. And then, if we're not careful, we disappoint people because we're not doing the things that they hoped or wanted us to do. Working in the 21st century is different for writers. We have to come up with a game plan. We have to come up with a brand. And in doing so, find a way to stand out while at the same time fitting in. That's not an easy task. So let's talk about it on today's episode of Project Shadow. Hello everyone, how are you doing today? My name is Charlie, you might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, and uh, yeah, we're back to form. Sorry for missing a week there, but uh, there's been a lot going on, both inside and outside, and everywhere thereabouts. And that's kind of what I want to start with, is just a little bit of housekeeping. One, you might have noticed in the previous episodes, I had guests! And they were awesome, and I loved it, and it was wonderful. The problem was, it was taking me, on average, four to eight hours to process those videos. That's not even counting how long it would take for me to edit them. <laughs> That's just the processing time. Now, granted, I have a new laptop coming, and it's going to have a much faster processor and all that, and more RAM and all that, so maybe, maybe I will get back to recording those, well, editing those, for the podcast feed, but until then, they are going to live on the Project Shadow YouTube channel, which you can find a link to in the show notes for this podcast. I really do enjoy these, we're continuing to do them, the next episode will be on identity, and classic movie monsters, and I can't wait to have that discussion. And hopefully I will be able to shorten them down, or if you all want, let me know, and I can put the full, unedited, two-hour discussions on the feed. That is a thing I can do. I just have been asked over the years to try to keep the episodes on the short side. So let me know what you want, and I will do that. Also, I'm going to be working on a lot of different projects. I have an album that I'm currently working on. I have quite a few novella series that I am working on. I've got some short stories that are in the works, and I may or may not be trying to start my blog again if I can get my mind working in that way. All of that to say, I want to hear from you. What is it that you would like to get from me? That really does help me focus and keep my intent on what I am doing. Hopefully, hopefully, I will be able to get some stuff out soon, but in some ways, that's what this episode is about. 
It's been a difficult road for me working on my personal branding and figuring out exactly who I want to be. Especially, especially given that, you know, I am still trying to figure myself out as a non-binary person and somebody who is starting a new YouTube experience. I mean, I've not even been doing YouTube for a year. I've been doing this podcast for a while and figuring out how to do the podcasting, the YouTube and the writing, as well as the music and everything else. It's been, it's been a bit difficult. I'm not saying that I don't enjoy it because I do. It's just been a lot of juggling, trying to make it all work. And so one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about today is finding your personal brand and kind of the journey that I've gone on to find mine, and hopefully how that will help you find yours. The first bit of trouble that we're going to run into is defining what exactly is a writer. What is an author? What is the difference between these? Because even amongst writers and authors, there's a great bit of uh, argument. We debate these things a lot. I have a very simple answer, and that is a writer, an author, I don't see a distinction between the two terms, is somebody who writes, who puts stories down in a fixed medium. As long as you're telling stories, you're a storyteller, but once you start fixing those stories in any kind of a written form, you are a writer. Because it's right there in the name. A writer writes. This should not be a controversial opinion, but unfortunately it tends to be one. You see, there are many who say that you're not really a writer until you make money, or you sell a story, or you publish a story. You're not really a writer until you've done those things. I vehemently disagree. That's not what makes a writer a writer. And anybody who thinks that that is what is necessary is completely missing the point. Writers tell stories in a fixed form. If we want to make a distinction between a writer and an author, then an author edits the work after they write it because that's a whole process in and of itself. Revision and revision and revision and, you know, all the different revisions that we go through, all the drafts. That's what makes a writer a writer and an author an author. But unfortunately, in this day and age where we're expected to have some kind of a profile, be it on social media or elsewhere... We have to make a name for ourselves. We have to establish ourselves. Give ourselves some kind of gravitas with a personal brand. Now, where this becomes problematic is once we enter that public sphere, we are entering a realm where there's a lot of mythology around writers. A lot of misinformation. A lot of misunderstanding. Oh, writers, they're brilliant people who write their soul down on the page. They're tortured, and they give life to their words, and in so doing, give life to our hopes, our fears, our inspirations. (sighs) I dare to say very few writers have ever intentionally done this, and the few writers who have tried to do this intentionally probably failed. 
or at least didn't succeed in a way that had any kind of mass popularity. How can I be so confident in making a statement like that? Because story wins. You see, it doesn't matter how brilliant your ideas are. If the story isn't interesting, nobody's going to care. Moby Dick is a dreadfully dull book. I challenge you to read it. Herman Melville understood that for you to understand what was going on in the book, you had to basically be a whaler. And since most of the people who would read the book and potentially buy the book aren't, the vast majority of the beginning of the book is teaching you about the different knots and how the rigging is done and exactly how you do everything on a whaling boat, what every implement means, what everything is about. That way, when you actually get into the story, you get into the story. He can just say they do this, and because you've struggled through your master class in whaling and sailing, you just know what it is because he's told you ahead of time. So why do we remember Moby Dick? Because the basic story of Captain Ahab and Queequeg and all the others is an interesting one. It's a story about obsession and just blind, crippling obsession. And that's why we remember it. Because of the story. Not because it taught us how to be whalers, but because it taught us something about ourselves. But not intentionally. Whether Melville intended us to see ourselves in Ahab or Queequeg or any of the other characters is beside the point. There's a thrilling adventure. They're hunting the great white whale. And that adventure holds us through. We sit there reading in anticipation of that, and a lot of people skip to that point. Story wins. Without a good story, no one will care. To make matters worse for us, we have to contend with the cult of the celebrity author. You know the ones I want, from the classics, you know, the pseudo-philosophical rantings of Ayn Rand, or the overly masculine, over-the-top pontifications of Ernest Hemingway telling us how to write like a real man, all the way up to the modern world where we have she who shall not be named telling us that she created something worthy of making a billion dollars and then, out of the magnanimity of her heart, gave a lot of that money away and who has now revealed herself to be a turf and is attacking vulnerable people in the name of her empire. Yeah, celebrity authors have been a problem for quite some time because, for the most part, and with few exceptions, we don't get to see the dirty behind the scenes. We don't get to see, for example, that Harry Potter became a huge international phenomenon because of all of the work done at the publishing house or at Warner Brothers and making those delightful movies that brought more and more people into the franchise. Now, we don't talk about all of that because we like great man history. And let's be honest, it's almost always a man. And when it's not a man, it's generally a woman who aligns herself perfectly with the patriarchy in such a way that she can put down anyone who doesn't 
stand up for the man. This has been problematic in many ways because it gives us as writers a false sense of who we are and what we should be doing. It also makes it difficult because we have to contend with the long shadows of these famous or infamous people who look down the long view of history upon us and judge whether or not we meet their criteria. To make matters worse, we have pseudo-intellectual celebrities who produce books. Sorry for the laughter there. Because it's so easy. It's just, on a chant, I made a book. And I'm not even going to name them, because they're really not worth the time. But I'm sure if you think just for a second, you'll know who they are. Yeah. So here we are in the modern world where we're trying to get out the word about what we're doing and get people excited about what we're doing, and unfortunately, we're not writing non-fiction. So we don't have the blessing of being able to say, well, I'm going to be writing about how to make wicker baskets. So I'm just going to share a whole bunch of pictures of wicker baskets and articles on wicker baskets and... All of that, because then I can build a platform. So when I say, hey, I have a new book about how to build wicker baskets, people will go crazy. <sighs> now, it's not that easy. I mean, we can play with this around the edges. If you write a lot of vampire fiction, maybe become very active in the vampire and or goth subcultures that tend to like that sort of thing. Don't fake it. If there's any piece of advice that I can give you about anything that you do, please don't fake your persona. People can see through you, especially if you're trying to get into a scene, one of the alt scenes especially. We can smell the people that are like us. There's a certain, hmm, difference about how we see the world, talk about the world, how we enjoy our entertainment and if you don't feel like you are a part of us then well you'll stand out and it will hurt your marketing more than if you just made yourself adjacent to the scene <sighs> but don't try to pretend that you are going to be the next celebrity author that's ruby dust. That's something that will either come or go. It will either be granted to you by the powers that be when they choose to elevate your work to a high place, or you have the influential husband that allows you to tell a director what to do with the movie being based on your book to the point where you can bully them off the set and actually get them fired so they don't get to make the sequels. Not that I'm talking about anyone in particular, of course. Now, Atlas must die. The celebrity author must die. Welcome to the golden age of the working class writer. Welcome to the age of the working class writer. See, this is the big change that we're making. This is the great movement that is afoot. You may have heard about indie publishing. And yes, there are some that have made a fortune publishing indie. But as in all industries, the vast majority of us are going to be working class. So what does that mean? 
That means when we're focusing on our branding, one, we need to stop with our obsession with celebrities. I'm not going to go on about that any longer, but you as a writer are not crafting a celebrity persona for yourself. That's not going to help you, and it's not going to actually attract people to the work that you're doing. The persona that you need to craft, and before you get after me, yes, you need to craft a persona. Because, one, you are not going to be sharing everything about yourself on the internet, hopefully. And I'm saying that for your own wellness. There are some things that you're going to want to hold back, and there are some things that are just not going to fit into your author brand. So, in all honesty, crafting a persona is as much for yourself and for your own well-being as it is for your audience, who will be able to find you easier. So, what is a working-class writer's persona? First of all, it's being honest. Admit your privilege when you have it, and know what you can and cannot do. See, I have the privilege of being a business owner, so I have the free time to spend most of my time working on creative projects, be that the podcast, the music, or the work that I'm doing, the actual stories. And I know that that is a privilege, and I don't pretend that I'm some monster writer who can just crank out words like crazy. I'm not. I'm, I'm working hard for those words. But I have the privilege to be able to spend a lot more time than most people on that work. And I'm honest and I'm clear about that. You may not have that privilege and more than likely probably don't. So when you're looking at what it is that you're capable of doing, you're looking at, well, you have enough time to do a couple hours of writing a night. So if you're going to work towards, say, a rapid release schedule, then you're going to have to pre-write the majority of that series before you get started. This is where your author persona is very important, because if you are going to be rapid releasing a series, that's different from becoming a rapid release author. You see, you need to let people know what to expect. If you are rapid releasing a series, then they should know to expect a new book or a new part, whatever you're calling it, ever so often. That may not be feasible for you to keep that up beyond the project that you're currently working on. So be honest, be clear, be forthright, because that's what matters more than anything else. Remember, we're not here to sell books exclusively. I'm not against selling books, and I hate that I have to say this every time I bring it up. I'm not opposed to us making money off of our work. In fact, I want to make money off of my work. But the primary focus of everything that we're doing is to build an audience, to build a like-minded following who will be interested in our books. So if you are not working on developing that like-minded audience, well, they'll know. <laughs> they'll see that right away. If all you care about is, will you or won't you buy my books? Well, you kind of come off a little bit creepy. And nobody likes it when somebody's a little bit creepy. Well, a little bit creepy is okay. And so it's when they feel like you're trying to take advantage of them. <laughs> Because let's be honest, my whole Adams Family shtick, which is not really a shtick, that's kind of, 
I'm kind of like if uh, Uncle Fester and Morticia had a baby. Or were just like crossbred in some kind of a weird test tube. Yeah. But be yourself. But be a version of yourself that you're willing to put out on the internet. That you're willing to let other people see. And that you feel comfortable being no matter what. Because whether you feel like it or not, that person still has to show up. Now, the last bit of advice that I have for you here is one that should be blatantly obvious, but it's not actually one that I hear people talking about all that much. Show up. This is the biggest part of your author brand. Whatever that brand is, you need to be there. You need to show up. If you're not showing up, you don't exist. So... How are you going to show up? What is it that you are going to do? How are you going to do that? How are you going to get your message across? You see, this is one of the most important things that we can do. If you say that you're going to be putting out a book every three months, then you need to put out a book every three months. That's what people are going to remember a lot more than what lipstick you wore, what your hair looked like, or what your clothing was. They're going to care whether or not they got a book that was consistent with the ideas that they thought they were going to get a lot more than they will what colors your website is. And I'm not underselling that. We've talked a lot about that in the past. But honestly, the biggest thing that you can do going forward is making sure that people see you and know that you are a reliable source of entertainment for them. Because if we writers would finally become honest with ourselves and others, we are in the entertainment business. It's what we do and it's who we are. We are entertainers first and foremost, whether we want to be or not. If our stories are not on some level entertaining, no one is going to care about them. No one's going to share them, and no one's ever going to know that they exist. We have to tell our stories in a way that is exciting and interesting on some level. Now, that could be very subtle. I'm not saying everyone has to write action-adventure stories or superhero stories or anything of the like. In fact, many of the stories that I work on are fairly slow but there's a tension there that hopefully other people will find interesting and entertaining as well. And so that's the work that we have before us. The author who doesn't show up is the author who doesn't exist. It should go without saying that the most important part of your author brand is uh, that you are an author, that you're writing things, that you're putting things out into the world, things that you're proud of, things that you want other people to see. Now, when I say be proud of your work, don't be obnoxious about it. You're not the greatest writer on the face of the earth. I'm not the greatest writer on the face of the earth. None of us are the greatest writers on the face of the earth. That's not who we are. That's not what we do. That's not what we're about. We are here to tell our stories. That's it. End of story. Done. 
So as long as you're doing that, as long as you're showing up, and as long as those stories are interesting enough to garner an audience, you will garner an audience. You gotta find them. That's not easy, and you've got to develop that audience over time. And we can talk about that more if you want to. Just let me know. But when it comes to your brand, the books will speak louder than you will. At least until you get to the point of being that celebrity that at least authors like me fear being. You see, I don't want to be Stephen King. I mean, credit, the money would be nice, don't get me wrong. I would love the money, I would love the movies, the TV shows, and all that based on my work. That would be great. But I don't really want people hanging off my every word. That's not who I am as a person. If it happens, it happens. I begrudgingly know and understand that that is a risk of the trade. But more than anything, our work is what's going to stand the test of time. There are some fun stories about Mark Twain or Charles Dickens that most people don't know unless you're a huge fan of either of their work. Because what remains once we're gone is just the work. So make it the best that you can, because that is the heart of your brand. So through all the work and all of the effort, the one thing that I have learned about myself is that my brand is that I'm a non-binary writer. And not just because of my own identity as a writer. Now, I'm non-binary in a lot of ways. I don't really write science fiction or fantasy. I write something in between. I don't really write horror or fantasy. I pretty much write something in between. And that not really sticking rigidly to the one category is kind of my thing. I always called myself a mashup writer. Because that's a lot of what I do, is taking various genres and subgenres and mashing them together to make it into something that I like and that I'm interested in. And there's nothing wrong with that. But you add to that to the fact that I am also a non-binary person, and I don't really subscribe to being male or female. If you didn't know, I... they, them. That's me. But yeah... That really fits everything that I do. I am a non-binary writer. And so, I've really leaned into that. Not just to let people know who I am, as a person who uses they-them pronouns, but to describe everything that I do. I write non-binary fantasy. It's Is it epic fantasy? Is it sword and sorcery? It's kind of six of one and half a dozen of the other. Maybe not even in a ratio like that. Because there's other ingredients mixed in, too. And, yeah, I understand that that actually hurts me in the marketplace in some ways. Because, you know, it would be better if I were a cisgendered heterosexual male. Because everybody knows that they're the ones that make all the monies. But I am not a cisgendered heterosexual male, and I'm fine with that. I'm queer, I'm non-binary, and my fiction is too. I write a lot of non-binary heroes, even though, well, that's not a smart thing to do to make money. 
but it is the story I want to tell, and it's the little niche that I can break out for myself that I don't think you have to be non-binary to like any of my characters. I don't think you have to be queer to like any of my characters. And if a reader is so close-minded that they won't read a book with a protagonist that's different than, that, than they are, well, then they're probably a reader I don't want. Oh, I know we're not supposed to say that, but yeah, it's true. I hope that this has helped you in some way. I know it's not your standard tutorial of do this and do that, and then you'll have a magic brand that'll sell and make you millions of dollars. But I don't really believe in that. I think you just need to ask yourself a few basic questions. Who am I? What do I want? Who do I want to connect with? And as long as you ask those questions and you're honest with your answers, you'll have the brand that you want to have and the identity that will push you forward from there. I hope you liked this episode. It's been difficult figuring out what I want to do with this, that, or the other thing. and I'm muddling through and doing my best. Don't forget about the YouTube channel. If you head over to youtube.com slash project shadow site, you'll find a link in the show notes. You can check out the long group chat that we do during the week, as well as some of my other videos, and my music is there as well. You don't forget my uh, other YouTube channel at C.E. Dorset, youtube.com slash C.E. Dorset. If you like this and you want to help me continue doing the work that I'm doing, in the show notes you'll find a link to my coffee and my Patreon. Thank you so much to everybody who does that. It really does mean the world to me. And since everything is a burning, fireish hellscape, from which we have yet to escape. Let me end the way we always do. Remember, Black Lives Matter, Black Trans Lives Matter, and trans identities are magic. And until next time, may you have the courage to ride your dreams into reality. And don't forget to have the fun. Bye. <laughs>